So we were just talking about the harmful effects of division on democracy and society in general, right? We were talking about the diploma divide um, and, and how we allow ourselves to be reduced to a party member, free from the troublesome burden of actually having to think about anything. Um, we just look at issues, you know, not based on their merit. Instead, we just blindly oppose our support because, well, I'm party X and, and party X says this is what we need to do. So let's do it. How bad can that get? Well, just look at the U.S. And that's what I say. I always worry about what goes on in the U.S. eventually spills across our border. And you can see it happen. There are signs of it already. But take a look at what's going on in the U.S. Um, the, the Republicans in Congress took down the Speaker, right? A fellow Republican in Kevin McCarthy three weeks ago. This was on October 3rd. Ever since then, an absolute circus has unfolded. The Republicans were completely incapable of finding someone to replace him for weeks in the process. They paralyzed one of the three branches of the U.S. government. Like nothing was happening, couldn't happen. And so when, when we talk about a broken political system, there's, there's a pretty good example. So yesterday they picked a new speaker, Mike Johnson, uh, uh, a MAGA guy, hardcore MAGA guy, uh, from Louisiana. There's a lot to talk about, though, about how he got there and what, what that system has become. So we're going to have a conversation here with Stephanie Lindquist, who is a, professor, a foundation professor of law and political science at Arizona State. Uh, Stephanie, thank you for being here. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Shay. Let's start, with you. let's start with a quick job description. The Speaker of the House in the U.S. government, that is an incredibly powerful position, right? Oh, it's incredibly powerful as it stands right now, especially under the House rules that govern the House of Representatives uh, in the U.S. government. Um, the House, the uh, Speaker of the House is mentioned in the Constitution itself. It contemplates that the House will choose its own Speaker. Uh, and once that Speaker is chosen, that Speaker is the person who, uh, who assigns members of the, of the House to committees, who sets the House's agenda, who brings bills to the floor, so it is an incredibly important position in terms of keeping the government running uh, relative to lawmaking. The government, without the House, uh, cannot bring together the House, the Senate, and the President to make to, to create any laws that govern the United States. And in terms of uh, line of succession, it's as close to the Oval Office as you can get without actually having President in your title. You got the President, the Vice President, and then the Speaker. That is correct. That's true under the Succession Act that Congress wrote uh, years ago to supplement the Constitution, which contemplated that the vice president would take over from the president. But that new law set forth some additional people who would step in should both the vice president and the president be- become incapacitated. So, yes, it's, it's, it's also third in line, you yeah. know, well, second in line second, uh, yeah. to the presidency. Um, An incredibly so, important position. It, it, absolutely remarkably important. And and so this, this particular, I don't know, scenario that we saw unfold in the month of October, um, it, it took three weeks to resolve. And in the meantime, government, as you say, basically stopped functioning in most respects. Like nothing could proceed through the U.S. government at that point. You need that branch of the government functioning, and it wasn't. That's right, especially given the fact that every year to keep the the federal government running, the House of Representatives has to propose an appropriations bill, a budget bill, to ensure that all the agencies, the 4.5 million government employees are paid, uh, the Department of Defense continues running, et cetera. And that's coming up in three weeks where that bill needs to be passed. And if it's not passed, the government will, you know, come to a screeching halt. 
and people will not get paid. And they can imagine the kind of impact that would have and has had in the past when this has happened on the U.S. economy. Uh, and so that's a very worrisome thing. And that's the most, I think, challenging situation for the new speaker, as well as the question whether he'll support Ukraine, yep. uh, Ukraine and its war and whether you know he'll support Israel, which I assume he will. But Ukraine remains in the, I think, in question. Yeah, some some absolutely essential issues that need to be resolved and you need a speaker to do that. So when, when we go back to how we got into this mess for the last three weeks, Kevin McCarthy was ousted. Uh, he was a Republican um, a, a, as speaker. And then and then, and then what happened? Why did it take so long to try and come to a resolution here? And it just bounced along for three weeks. Because there is a faction within the Republican Party in the House that uh, has specific elements or a litmus test for individuals that they think are suitable to become speaker. Uh, in addition to that, whoever this person was being considered had to satisfy Donald Trump. And as you know, uh, Emmer, who was the the person that was considered right before Johnson won the election, uh, he was ousted uh, from the from consideration because Donald Trump sent out a tweet that uh, indicated that he did not support yeah. Emmer as a speaker. And the reason he didn't, as far as we understand, is that Emmer was among the members of the House, Republican members of the House of Representatives, who refused to decertify the 2020 presidential election or vote to decertify it. And so in that sense, I'm sure Trump viewed him as someone who did not support uh president trump himself um and and there's no other way to do it. like nobody can step in and say hey get your act together right i mean this this goes on as long as it because like you say the constitution sort of hands over the power of electing a speaker to the house itself there is no other recourse right that's right i mean the constitution does not have any solution to a problem like this this is a political problem yeah but it has constitutional implications because it shuts down, it seizes up the government, right? When the, when the, the speaker is not present, it's difficult, um, impossible, in fact, for the government to, to enact any laws that are needed to move the country forward. And I think it's important to point out that the power of the speaker resides or rests or is, finds its source in the House rules. So the House writes its own rules, and over time, those rules have been written to really expand the power of the Speaker. Um, and they do contemplate a situation in which there's a vacancy, and you can appoint a Speaker pro tem, which indeed did happen. Patrick McHenry stepped in. But the rules seem to imply that his only role is to uh, ensure that there's an election for a new Speaker. Uh, and so in that hiatus period, uh, without a Speaker, the House was paralyzed. Now... I remember John Boehner, Mitch McConnell, people who got that job and stayed in that job for a good length of time, and it was pretty stable. Um, do you think we're into an era now where we're going to see this kind of turmoil and uh, turnover going forward, or will this sort of level off, do you think? Well, I think it's worthwhile comparing the Republicans and the Democrats at the moment. Um, remember that Nancy Pelosi was Speaker of the yep. House for a number of years, Long time. and she ran an extremely tight ship uh, and kept the Democrats together, even though within the Democratic Party there are, of course, differences of opinion about how, uh, what policies the uh, government should pursue. Um, but nevertheless, she was able, able to keep that the Democratic caucus together, uh, and they were quite effective in that respect in terms of passing laws. But... Once the Republicans took over, there is this minority faction yeah. within the Republican Party in the House, and they are able, because of the very uh, close uh, number of seats held by both, you know, they're, they're almost at a tie between the Democrats and the Republicans, that to get a majority vote by the Republicans in the House, 
requires almost every single Republican to get on board. And so if eight or so of these individuals uh, splinter off from the party uh, from the party caucus, the Republican caucus, and choose not to vote with that caucus, then it will itself paralyze that caucus. And it's these eight individuals who understand that their defection is an incredibly powerful tool to ensure that the outcomes that, that uh, the Republican Party achieves is consistent with their policy objectives. So ultimately, you need a speaker that can sort of at least tie those two factions within his own party or her own party together, which, as you say, Stephanie, that might be impossible with with the state of the current Republican Party. Exactly. But it remains to be seen. Now, now Mike Johnson certainly meets the criteria for these eight individuals. Obviously, he did vote to decertify the election. Um, He has been very supportive of President Trump. And so he meets the the sort of the... MAGA uh, criteria, yeah. uh, and it may be then, therefore, he can pull together these eight and persuade them to work with the entire caucus to get some things done to pass a budget. But right now, the Republicans are so adverse to working with Democrats that any bipartisan legislation uh, is, is, I think, un- un- unfortunately very unlikely. Yeah. After all, that's what brought down McCarthy. He worked with Democrats to pass a continuing resolution, a budget budget resolution, to ensure that the government, you know, could could at least continue until the budget bill uh, was enacted uh, in a couple of weeks. And his working with Democrats was what uh, one factor that brought him down. And that's very worrisome, as you were saying before we even got on the phone together, that this kind of polarization of the parties means that the government, you know, really is going to have a hard time getting things done. Yeah, if not impossible, no question. Stephanie, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, it really is. Thank you, Chad. I appreciate it.